I've been on a series called The Missing Piece. Uh, I feel like I got one more week. Mark chapter four, verse 35. If you're new, I'm so grateful you're here. Uh, forgive the emotion and the, and the singing and all that. I just, uh, I, I, I love Jesus and I love you and I really do believe you're here on purpose. I believe you're in the right place at the right time. I don't know who drug you here. I don't know who lied to get you here, but I'm glad you're here. And I really do. I know God has a plan for your life. And, um, and I believe God's going to speak to you. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here for you online the same. So glad you're watching. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, on that day. Everyone say that day. When evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And the other boats were with them. Verse 37, and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat and the boat was already feeling, but uh, it was filling, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. So they woke him up and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and they said to one another, who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Romans chapter 16 and verse 20. And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet under, under your feet. I want to talk about peace in the storm today. Peace in the storm. This week, the devil whispered in my ear, you are not strong enough to withstand the storm. And I responded, six feet back, please. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that there is peace in the storm. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Beautiful. Amazing. Y'all appreciate this worship team, aren't they just? Thank you, Brandon. Thank you to the whole team. It's interesting how verse 35 starts on, on that day, on that same day. On a very specific day, Mark, Mark understands uh, the significance of the moment. That day began with, che- with Jesus teaching the people about God's word. He actually teaches them a parable about the sower sowing the word. And he says, if you do not get this parable, if you don't understand what I'm saying you won't understand any parable. In other words, if you don't understand how I do what I do, you'll never know what I'm doing. Good morning. We're starting right away. So Jesus says, just so you know, the way that I work in your life is I work through seed. The farmer sows the seed. The farmer sows the word. What God does, he does not do instantly. What God does, he does in seed form. God starts small. God starts with a little. God starts with not much. Uh, The apostle Paul would call it, it is foolishness to the world. 
They don't get it. They can't process it. It's, it's Jesus knowing all authority was, was given to him, John 13, but he decides to wash his feet. It's upside down. It's, it's radically different than the world. And so Jesus says, let me tell you how God works in your life. He sows seed. He speaks. This is all he does. This is what God is a talker. God talks. And you go, well, that doesn't seem very powerful. Well, it is if you know how, wor- how powerful words are. And so Jesus says, so if you don't understand that God's a talker, you'll never understand what God is doing because you'll be ignoring his voice looking for a sign. You'll be looking for trees stepping on seeds. <laughs> it got all the way to the back row that one day. So he's, he's teaching them and he goes, and, and just so you know, when the word comes, Satan comes. As soon as the word is sown, Satan comes to try to steal the word on that day. He goes on to say, and let me just explain the kingdom. The kingdom is like a seed. So again, Jesus is telling, he's, he's telling us something and Mark is cluing us in on something. That the word is a seed, that the kingdom is a seed, and Satan comes like a bird from the sky that comes in and eats the seed, destroys the seed. He goes on to say that life's worries will grow up and try to choke out the seed. That if you don't allow your roots to grow down, this is all Mark Mark for us, why you got to read your Bible, because Mark chapter 4 tells us that as God's word is growing in your heart, so will weeds grow. And that weed will try to choke out the word, but then there is good soil. This is a willing heart. This is, this is you. You're here. You made it. These are people that say, man, I want whatever God has for me. He said, he said, that seed will fall on good ground and it will produce. It will produce 30 and 60 and even a hundredfold. That's how that day started. That day ends with Jesus going into a Gentile region called Gennesaret. And casting a demon out of a man. Actually, not just one, 200. He cast out a legion of demons. He cast them into a pig. That's why, you know, we probably shouldn't eat too much pork because anything Jesus cast a demon into probably isn't (laughs) super healthy, but just bless it and curse it or do whatever you got to do to it before you eat it. Um, (laughs) he, He, the day would end with him delivering this man this man who had suicidal tendencies, this man who was cutting himself, this man who was destroying his, his life, it, it ends with him delivering him. The man wants to become a disciple. He knew there was room because when he looked at Judas, he was like, nah, there's something shady. Can I go with you? I'm adding to the text a little bit. But, but he did say, he said, can I, can I go with you? Can I be a disciple? Jesus said, no, I actually don't want you to go with me because I'm going to go back to the Jewish villages. I actually want you to stay right here in Gentile country and I want you to spread the word. And so the Bible says that he ended up going to every village, every village in the region. Every, he went to all of these Gentiles telling them about the delivering power of Jesus Christ. On that day, on that day, you got to know the day. So on that day, there is a storm. On that day, there is wind. On that day, there are waves. On that day, there is rain. On that day, there is trouble. On that day, there is fear. On that day, 
On that day, the disciples question everything they know about Jesus. Do you even care about us? So in the middle of God changing my life, and in the middle of God using my life, there is a storm. The storm comes to stop the progress. The storm comes to choke out the seed. The storm comes to get me to go back. The storm comes to discourage me from using what God has given me to help other people. The, the storm comes to stop the ministry. Because a lot of you, you wonder where storms come from. And you go, well, I guess this is God. And I guess God sent this. And I guess this is... Listen. <laughs> If, if the storm was from God, Jesus wouldn't have rebuked it. He would have welcomed it. Yeah? Now, now, on that day, the day of the storm, on that day, Jesus said trials would come to steal the word. Yeah, I'm just in a real trial right now, but I know the Lord is just doing this to me to really strengthen my faith. He doesn't. not what he does because you wouldn't do that to your kids 115 degrees outside just go out and play out in the sun you're gonna get stronger no no water no sunscreen i'm gonna toughen you up no you're gonna go to jail bro so jesus just said on that day did you catch this that jesus said if you don't get this parable you won't get anything and how many Christians think that what they're going through is sent from God? And he just said, if you don't get this parable, you'll never know what I'm doing in your life. So a lot of us are dealing with things that we're saying God sent. And then we end up embracing it. And identifying with it. And making it our whole life. When in reality, it's the enemy trying to choke out the promise of God for my life. So Satan wants to steal the word of trials. Secondly, Jesus rebuked the storm. He's probably not going to rebuke something that is God's will. We might, but he won't. <laughs> Thirdly, John 15, Jesus tells us, here's how I prune you. I prune you by the word I teach to you. That's what he does, John 15. He didn't say, I am the vine, you are the branches. And every once in a while, I'm going to send cancer, calamity, death destruction, coronavirus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send these things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin the economy. I'm going to do all this to strengthen your faith. He never said that. He said, here's how I prune you, by my word. That's it, dog. Like, that's it. So I'm giving you some storm 101 here. So now when you're in the storm, you don't go, okay, I guess this is... No, you speak to it. You, you, you know it has in us you know that there must be something good at the end of that day, that season, that moment. It hurts right now, but there must be something waiting for me on the other side of the wind and the waves. Let me just... Let me just help you how to have peace in the storm. Number one, you got to ask the right questions. You got to ask the right questions. You got to ask the right 
questions. Verse 37, Lord, do you even care about us? It's going to be really hard in life to get the right answers if you're asking the wrong questions. <laughs> you got to think about what you're thinking about. Yeah, you know, I've just been thinking about, I mean, I've just been questioning that it is. Yeah, that could literally ruin your life. Like, you got to think about what you're thinking about. Just because you're thinking about it doesn't mean it's good. Like, we, <laughs> we promote thought as always good. Sometimes thought can be really bad. That's why the Bible teaches us so much about how to think. So just because you're thinking does not mean you're thinking correctly. Just because you're questioning does not mean you're questioning correctly. So they used to teach us when we were children, there are no wrong questions. Well, maybe that's true when you're five. But when you're 50, you better start asking the right questions. When you're 25, you better start asking the right questions. When you're 35, you got to grow up. As you mature, your questions need to mature. As you mature, your your thinking needs to mature. These are like, don't forget, these are teenage boys, 16 to 20 years old in the boat with Jesus acting like teenagers. We don't get that luxury because they didn't have what we have. They didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. They didn't have the, 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 the fullness of the new covenant. You, you, you got to ask the right questions. There are wrong questions, and many times wrong questions lead to wrong answers and wrong outcomes. I'm helping you now because if, you, if you'll ask the wrong questions, you'll get in a cycle of wrong questions, wrong answers, wrong outcomes. Wrong questions, wrong answers, wrong outcomes. Wrong questions, wrong answers, wrong outcomes. Because you're asking all the wrong things. They, they're in a storm, and they begin to accuse Jesus. Probably not the best way to start the boating trip. I'm not telling you don't ask questions. I'm I'm asking you to ask the right questions. Maybe they could have said, "Uh, excuse me, teacher. Hey, hey, it's me, Peter. Hey, how you doing? Good, sleeping good? Yeah, looks great. There's like a really crazy storm out there. We're kind of freaking out. Could you calm that for us? Hey, Jesus, like we're taking on a lot of water out there. I know you're sleeping. I know you're comfortable on a cushion. Mark writes it like Jesus was sleeping on a cushion. It was a little salty. Are you comfy, Jesus? Yeah, okay, great, great. We're taking on water. What would you like us to do? They could have asked that. How can we help? What would you like us to do? Hey guys, what can we learn from this moment? But they don't ask the right questions. They ask the wrong. Do you even care? And not just questions. They could have just been honest. Lord, I'm scared. You can tell God that. He can handle that. Lord, I'm scared. Lord, I need your help. Lord, please do a miracle. 
Jesus is asleep and the disciples ask him if he cares. Please, please hear this statement. Just because Jesus isn't panicked like you does not mean he does not care. Just because he's not freaking out doesn't mean he is not concerned. Just because he is not panicked like you does not mean he does not care. And by the way, just because people in your life are panicked does not mean they care. Some people just love drama. Have you met them? And it doesn't mean they can help in the storm. Twelve very concerned men on a boat. They couldn't do anything about it. So just because you're freaking out and you found a friend group to freak out with, just because you're outraged and you found four other dysfunctional people to be outraged with, just because you like to cancel people and you found cancel people, does not mean that that is going to help you get through the storm. Just because they get you does not mean they're good for you. This group just gets me. Really, someone said. We need more audience, Mike. I want people to hear the commentary. People got popcorn out here like, tell it. Through the mask, come on somebody, pop it in. Y'all seen that move at the movie theater? Okay. Twelve disciples panicking. It looked like they cared, but they were actually just in panic. Jesus didn't tell them, wow, you guys are just really concerned about each other. So proud. He went, why are y'all so scared? Let me, let me just make a declaration over your soul. No one on that boat cared more than Jesus. He cared more than Matthew. He cared more than Mark. He cared more than John. He cared more than Bartholomew. He cared more than Thomas. He cared more than Judas. He cared more than no one on that boat cared more for the souls of the people more than Jesus. And no one on your boat cares more than Jesus. So you got to learn how to say, I am very scared. The wind is blowing. The waves are raging. But I know someone who cares. Oh. And today you might be in a fight. Today the storm is raging. Today you may feel like all you can see is wind and waves. But Jesus is on your boat. And we will make it to the other side. You got to ask the right questions. Number two. You, you have to, man, this is hard. This is hard because we've all been in it now for six months. You have to keep the storm outside of your heart. Oh my God. All of us on different levels. We have people in our church that literally got to the brink of death with COVID, made it to the other side. We have other people in our church who they've lost family members. They've, there's people in our church who have uh, you know, lost income, have lost jobs, have 
there is, there is so much going on, so many unknowns. I'm not denying the storm. I'm saying I just have to refuse to let it get in my heart, my heart, my core, my, my inner man, my spirit. I have, to, I have to guard my heart because the storm out here wants to get in here. Thirteen men on a boat. One is asleep. Twelve are freaking out. One is at peace. Twelve in panic. Jesus was in a storm. The disciples possessed the storm. Jesus identified the storm. We're not... We're not We're not denying mountains. We're not saying COVID isn't real. We're not saying the economy isn't shaken. We're not saying this isn't a crazy time. Jesus identified the storm. But the disciples found their identity in the storm. Let me me just, I ain't even gonna prophesy, but let me just tell you, if the Lord doesn't come back, It's going to be about 10 years from now. We're going to be post-COVID and there will be people in your life still talking about COVID. How do you know, preacher? Because I know people still talking about the last recession as if it was yesterday. You know, with the recession and all. In 08? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but. And we will be in 2030 talking about, you know, yeah, back with COVID, you know, and all that. And and it's like, the thing back then, 2020? Yeah, but you know, it just really, because if you're not careful, you will possess, you will find your identity in the storm. Jesus was in the storm, but the storm was inside of the disciples. So I refuse to find my identity in the storm. It is a part of my experience. It is a part of my story. It is a chapter in my book. But I can't allow it to influence every decision going forward. Am I helping you? Is this making sense to you? I got to keep the storm outside of my heart. One person in perfect peace. Twelve disciples accusing that one person of not caring. Jesus was not asleep because he did not care. Jesus was asleep because he was at peace. And if you don't feel lately like God is on your panic level, Has anyone, I mean, at least once in the last six months been like, Lord, Lord you going to freak out yet? Or like, we going <laughs> to. And he wakes up and he looks at his disciples and he says, he says, you're fearful and you have no faith. And if you don't believe Jesus cares about you, you will be fearful and you will have no faith. If you don't believe Jesus loves you, you will be fearful and have no faith. If you don't believe God has a plan for your life, you will be fearful and you will have no faith. I don't think Jesus was rebuking the disciples like, come on, man, you should have more faith, toughen up. I think he was, I think he was offended. 
like relationally. He's going, I, I don't care. I'm your guy. I'm, we in this. I don't care. I may not be giving you the response you want, but I care. I love you. And the fact that you don't believe that has led to fear and a lack of faith. Jesus could speak peace because he had peace. The disciples could only speak storm because they had storm. They're going, we're going to die. God doesn't care. Jesus is saying peace. That is so much more internal than external. Jesus was in the storm, but the storm was not in him. Peace was in him. Courage was in him. Calm was in him. I'm, I'm, I want you to rest in the goodness of God today. I'm not denying the storm. I'm not denying this is the craziest moment of modern history probably, but here we are, and he cares. And I can have peace in, in this. I can have peace in COVID. I can have peace in this thing. That's how I can have peace. And then he rebukes the wind. And then he said to the sea. Now, when, when Mark says he rebuked the wind, that's very um, poetic. It's very beautiful. If you, were in the, if you were in the boat, Jesus would have got up, he would have looked into the sky, and he would have said, wind, I rebuke you. A little bit weird. <laughs> Let's just be real, just a little. So Mark says, and, and, he, and he rebuked the wind. He started talking a wind. It wouldn't be his last time he talked to inanimate objects. He would talk to trees. He walked up to a tree. He was hungry. And there was no fruit on it. He went, you're cursed. <laughs> Mark rolls up the next day, read it later on in the book. And he's like, and that tree was dead. <laughs> One time we were being real snooty in church and we didn't want to worship. And Jesus said, I can make these rocks sing. If you don't want to praise me, we can... I can get a little choir. I can get a rock concert right now if I want it. Oh. Griffin and serve. I can't even preach. That's too bad. Oh. God, for, Lord, I want you to know I apologize. Shannon, I am very sorry for the shame I just brought upon our family's name. Watch me, watch me. You can't see the wind, only the effects of the wind. And the wind, all through Bible, represents the spiritual realm, the unseen realm, the, the atmosphere, the battle in the spirit. Jesus speaks to the cause of the storm. A lot of you are trying to fix things in your life by the natural let me just go back to the tree. When Jesus cursed it, the Bible records, and he cursed it at the root. I'm going to speak to something you cannot see. 
and that will affect what you can see. And a lot of you are trying to change what you can see. You're trying to fix your spouse, you're trying to fix your kid. You're trying to fix the money thing. You're trying to, you're trying to fix your life naturally. Not saying you don't need to do that. Not saying you don't need to use wisdom. But Jesus recognized it's actually not the waves, it's the wind. It's not actually the rain, it's the wind. It's not actually the boat, it's the wind. The disciples are talking about drowning. Jesus is talking to the unseen. The disciples are talking about waves. Jesus is talking about the unseen. A lot of us are talking about natural things right now. We need to get back to the unseen. This is why we pray. This is why we declare the promises of God. This is why we fast. Because not everything is natural. Not everything happening in your business is natural. Not everything happening in your marriage is natural. Not everything that's happening in your soul is natural. You got to learn how to talk to the wind. You got to learn how to speak to the root. You got to learn how to go to the spiritual realm with God and rebuke the wind. Speak to the things in your life that you cannot see but that are trying to destroy your life. Jesus spoke to the wind and when the wind obeyed, the waves obeyed. When the wind obeyed, the rain obeyed. When the wind obeyed, the clouds parted. When the wind obeyed, the boat was okay. Come on, I need some wind talkers. We gotta be a praying church. We never needed to pray like we need to pray in this season. Stop, just wash your hands, put on more Purell, Wear the mask. I don't care. Talk to the wind, though. And the same Greek word, by the way, that was used to still the storm is the same Greek word that Jesus always used when he would cast out demons. Because Jesus knew that what was happening was spiritual. I'm about to go into a region I've never been in. Oh my God. We're about to take new territory. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to every territory taker. I'm talking to every person in your family that wants to break generational curses. I'm talking to every person that says, I want to be the first family to, to break into six figures, seven figures. I'm the first. We're, we're not going to get a divorce. We're going to make it. I don't know how we're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to do this thing. Our kids are going to serve God. We're going to, we're going to move forward. And I'm, Come on. Can I get some help? I know you're saying amen online. Can I get some help? I'm talking to territory takers. Jesus said... We've only been in one region. We're about to break into a new region. And new levels have new devils. And new regions have new principalities. And we've never been here before, guys. And that's why the enemy is trying to steal the word. That's why the enemy is trying to stop what I'm about to do. The attack that is on your life has everything to do with where you're going. What God has for you. The warfare does not prove that you've made a mistake. The warfare proves that you're about to cross over into something you've never been to before. Point number three, if Jesus said it, he will do it. Come on up, Zach. If Jesus said it, he will do it. Verse 35, let us cross over. Huh. And in my cross over, in my elevation, in my moving forward, in my momentum, in my taking territory, 
storms rise. To discourage from moving forward. And so the temptation is to say, let's, let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to that old level. Let's, let's get back to our comfort zone. It was easier over there. It was easier before we made the move. It was easier before we took territory. It was easier before we got in the boat. I've never taken new ground. I've never broken a curse. I've never been here before. I've never fought this kind of storm. But I refuse to bow to the storm. I refuse to retreat to the wind. I refuse to surrender to the waves. If Jesus said we're going over, we're going over. If God said I'm going to cross over, I'm going to cross over. If God promised me a hope in the future, I'm getting it. If God told me I would see his goodness in the land of the living, I will see it. If God promised that me and my whole household shall be saved, they're going to get saved. If God told me by his stripes I'm healed, I'm healed. If God told me I'm free, I'm free. If God told me I'm loved, I'm loved. If he told me he would provide, he will provide. We are going to the other side. If Jesus said it, I believe it. That settles it. This is a scary moment, but I got God in my bow. Somebody shout to God right now. Clap your hands. All of the promises of God are yes. And in him, amen. I wish I could tell you this would be their last storm. I wish I could tell you they would never face another storm again. I wish I could tell you from this day forward, the devil's under arrest. I don't know, I don't know what preachers say. We're going to get the devil a black eye. Ah! Okay, well. <laughs> am I supposed to say? So is so an offering right now. Come on and it'll be perfect forever. No, this wouldn't be their last storm. About a year later, they would find themselves in a storm again. But on this day, Peter is shaking Jesus saying, do you care? But on the next storm, Peter says, 
call me out. I want to be a water walker. If it's you, let me walk on the storm. In this storm, Peter questions if Jesus cares. In the next storm, Peter knows he cares, so he takes the greatest step of faith he's ever taken. In this storm, Peter believes he will drown, but on the next storm, Peter walks on the storm. And the God of peace will swiftly crush Satan's head. Not under Jesus' feet. Not under the pastor's feet. Not under the Holy Spirit's feet or God the Father's feet or one of the apostles' feet or an angel's foot. But that storm that is raging around you the waves that are crushing up against you, the wind that is blowing, the rain that is falling, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And now the thing that I thought was going to kill me, I have authority over. And now the thing that I thought was going to end my life is now my testimony. And now the thing that I thought was it was over for me, I never, I never knew I'd love God again. I never knew I'd serve God again. I never knew that we could make it through that season. I thought that was the end. Now I'm on, now I'm on top of it. The thing that the devil sent to crush me, I'm crushing. The thing that was supposed to drown me, I'm now drowning. The thing that in the natural should have been over my head is now under my feet. And, and it's not the God of grace or the God of hope or the God of faith or the God of power. But Paul says, this will happen when you really know that he is the God of peace. And the storm was sent to kill me storm was sent to stop me and the storm was sent to destroy me but I learned how to be a wind talker in 2020 I learned how to be a water walker in 2020 a couple of times I almost sunk but Jesus was there kept me going to say what Joseph said Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 you meant this for my evil you meant this for my destruction you meant this bad it's been it will be that good
Am I talking to anybody? The pit couldn't stop Joseph. Potiphar's wife couldn't stop Joseph. The prison couldn't stop Joseph. His hater brothers couldn't stop Joseph. The storm could not stop the disciples. And it won't stop you. And as ever bad it's been. Joseph said, that's how, that's how good it is. However low I had to go, that's how high I am. water walker. I'm a wind talker. I'm going to make it through 2020. We're going to make it through this. We're coming out on the other side because if Jesus said it, it's going to happen. And what is on the other side? Ministry. What is on the other side? People who need hope. What is on the other side? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people in this city called Las Vegas, Nevada that desperately need to know that Jesus cares. Peace in the storm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just allow me to pray for you in the room online would you just kind of put your hands out like this in front of you Holy Spirit I thank you for these amazing people and I cover them as their pastor and I rebuke the wind I speak to the waves and I declare peace still. We will make it to the other side. In Jesus' name. Every eye closed, every head bowed. There are people in this room that have never given their life to Christ. People watching me right now online, you've never given your life to Christ. Pray with me. People watching this message, YouTube, listening to the podcast, never given your life to Christ. This is your moment. The Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and you would be saved. I'm going to help you do that right now. And every person in this room is going to help you do that. I want you to pray. People in this room are going to pray. You're going to pray. Your life will never be the same. Everyone out loud say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross just for me. I believe you rose again. I turn from my old life and I turn towards you. I declare Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Griffin has a few more things for us just before we dismiss. I just ask everyone to stay with us online and stay with us in the room just one more moment It'll literally be one minute hey I love you guys so much I'm, I am praying for you I am I'm, I'm, I am really believing God for miracles in this season and, uh, and I got you covered I am prayed up I am I am in a really good place right now um, 
and I want you to know that we got you covered. I have, I have so much faith and expectation for the future. I just want you to know that. And um, things are, I, I really do believe that Isaiah, Isaiah saw it in chapter 60. He said, there's darkness, there's gross darkness. He could, he could see it, he's prophesying. He said, there's darkness, there's gross darkness. And he said, but then there is a light that is shining. And then he, he goes on to say, and I see the glory of the Lord covering the earth like the waters cover the sea. He's talking about us. And so in the midst of all that is happening, I believe for God's light, provision, presence to be with you. And we're gonna see it. Isaiah saw it, we're gonna see it. Amen.